This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Hi, good morning. I'm Ann Romer, and welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. The Meadowlands marketing manager, Rachel Ryan, is joining us today. For the past few weeks, we've been recognizing the terrific betting handles at the New Jersey racetrack through this winter race meet. We'll soon hear from Rachel. She'll be discussing what she thinks is behind these robust betting handles. Rachel will also look ahead to the tremendous Meadowlands stakes schedule this spring and summer, including some classic events like the Meadowlands Pace and the historic Hamiltonian Trot. Woodbine Entertainment's Director of Thoroughbred Racing, Tim Lawson, will speak with us about the upcoming Woodbine Thoroughbred Meet set to begin on April 22nd. He's also going to look back at last year's very successful Woodbine Thoroughbred Meeting and look ahead to some of the highlight races that we all should put on our calendars. As we ready, set, go for the 2023 Thoroughbred Racing season, they're off. When friend of the show Steve Simmons was last on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, he was the general manager of Hanover Raceway right here in Ontario. Recently, though, Steve became the GM of Nova Scotia's Truro Raceway. Congratulations, Steve. We're going to chat with him in a moment to hear about his new job at Truro and find out how he's settling into the harness racing landscape at the Maritime Track. And finally, he's back. I'm always so happy. Co-host Larry Simpson will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodbine Mohawk Park and some other North American tracks racing today with our Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. It's going to be a great show, so better get your HBI and Dark Horse accounts ready to go for some heavy-duty action today. When we return, Larry Simpson joins us as we catch up on some recent horse racing news. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. More from the track when we come back on 105.9 The Region. Go from Dark Horse to Winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live streamed horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks and government, and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Join us on April 1st when Gulfstream Park hosts the $1 million Curlin Florida Derby, a highlight of the Gulfstream Championship racing season and considered by many to be one of the most important preps for the famed Kentucky Derby on the first Saturday in May. The Curlin Florida Derby has a tremendous stakes-filled day of racing with a total of 10 stakes races scheduled and you can watch and wager on all Gulfstream Park race days, including Florida Derby Day on April 1st with your HPI bet account or Dark Horse app. It's the next best thing to being at the track. 
Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Ann Romer, and let me introduce you to my co-host, Larry Simpson, who really needs no introduction. Hi, Larry. <laughs> oh, you got me blushing again. <laughs> I, I can see that. There was a TV show years ago called Hello, Larry. Yeah. And so I'm going to think about that next time I mm-hmm. talk with you. Hello, Larry. No relation. No. <laughs> Let's talk about something very exciting, the RCMP in recognition of its 150th anniversary and the upcoming coronation of King Charles III is gifting a majestic mayor named Noble to His Highness. That's really, really interesting. That's interesting. That's big news. And um, you know, I, I, I did read that as well. And uh, the, the horse uh, Noble uh, was, uh, it's, it's a, actually a seven-year-old mare that uh, was used, I believe, in their musical rides and that. And it was, uh, I, I understand they chose Noble because it was so well-behaved that uh, they felt that it would be able to, uh, you know, uh, serve King Charles uh, properly, you know, staying in in best behavior, I guess you could say. And apparently she's big and beautiful and bold, but also very, uh, you know, gentle as well, but smart too. Yeah, yeah, I think that was the key point. They had to be gentle and had to be smart and, and, uh, you know, because there is obviously a lot of excitement in that around that. So, And would it be difficult for her to make this transition from musical ride, living in Canada, moving over to, and I believe it's uh, the Royal Muse in Windsor, that's where she is living now. Would that be difficult for a horse to make that transition? I don't think so. I think, uh, you know, these horses are very, very transient type animals anyways. So, uh, you know, and especially the RCMP ones are trained, uh, you know, for so long. And I don't know if you've ever seen the musical ride. It's I have. Incredible. And it is incredible. Yeah. And they're well, well behaved. And, and uh, you know, so that's already trained into them. Little piece of information that I was able to glean. The king actually requested a musical ride horse to eventually take over as new charger when his current steed, George, retires. That's right. So that's why he's done it, probably because of the fact that uh, they want something that's it's quiet and uh, has a good temperament yeah. and uh, because they're around a lot of people, too. Well, so That's very exciting. So yeah. let's move it back now to North America, and we're going to head south of the border. We are pleased to be joined by a new friend of the show, Meadowlands Racetrack's Rachel Ryan. As we've been discussing in previous shows, the betting handles at the New Jersey Standard Red Racetrack have been so impressive since the winter meet opened in January. Why? Well, let's ask Rachel Ryan, who joins us now from the Meadowlands. How are you, Rachel? Welcome to the show. I'm great. Thank you for having me on. Every time we pick up a, a racing program or uh, look at the uh, the internet, we hear about uh, the Meadowlands and the terrific handles that you guys have had since the beginning of the year. What do you uh, account these good handles to? Well, there's certainly a, a number of factors 
um, that go into it. I mean, one, our race office and Scott Warren has done a terrific job of keeping the horse population up. You know, betters want full fields, higher class horses, and that's what Scott's been able to do. They also instituted um, the new payment wherever, you know, I believe we pay out to the top 10 now, even if it's a small amount. So, I mean, again, that keeps you know, the, the field's full, and I know a number of tracks have now opened, so it just helps retain our horse population. I mean, and plus, you know, we've had a number of carryovers, um, most importantly in the pick six. So when you have multiple carryovers, it, you know, it just feeds money. So larger bettors are seeing the bigger pools, and they, they want to get a piece of that action. And then lastly, we've done a, a very good job uh, working with our VIPs uh, later in the winter and then early this spring, just offering them some decent rebates and trying to cater to them as much as we can in hopes of keeping their money on our live product instead of on some of our simulcast options. Rachel, as marketing manager for the Meadowlands Racetrack, to what can you attribute the what we're sensing is the increased popularity of harness racing right now? I don't know if it's an increased popularity. I think it's an increase in just awareness. Uh, last year, we were able to get a number of our programs on uh, Fox Sports and uh, Fox Sports 2. So when you're following Saratoga or some of the other Naira larger days, you know, the gamblers staying around and watching that show. And so it's just putting our races in front of the gambling audience. And so when you have it in front of the thoroughbred players, you know, they're, they're sticking around and they're, they're wanting to get a piece of the action because our pools, the Meadowlands pools are, you know, the largest in the industry. And shortly, Rachel, you'll be uh, into your spring season and then the summer season races like the Meadowlands uh, pace and uh, the Hamiltonian uh, talk about, uh, you know, the upcoming races. So our first big one will, of course, be the uh, the Cutler, uh, which comes up in um, May. And so that'll be broadcast on uh, FS1 or, I believe, FS2. And then, you know, we do have a full stakes program. So, like I said, it starts with the Cutler. Then we have the New Jersey Sire Stakes. And then, in you know, once June and July hit, then you're leading into um, the Road to the Hamiltonian and some uh, Meadowlands Pace prep races or Paces on July uh, 15th, I think, off the top of my head. Um so, yeah, I mean, you know, everybody wants to come race at the Meadowlands. We have a great stakes program. Uh, and, you know, everybody wants to race here, and this is the place people want to be during the summer. You know, so much of this is all about the fans. Uh, what kinds of fans and age group and, and type of person, people, fans, are you looking for and hoping to attract and continue to draw into Meadowlands? We have a different philosophy. One, we cater to, we're looking for the gambler, um, and we want to keep our, you know, VIP players happy. But we also look... Uh, to bring in the non-racing fan or the casual racing fan. So during the summer, spring and summer, we have a large events program. We have a beer fest. We have food truck events. We do um, wiener dog races. And so that brings in more of the family-oriented crowd. So they're coming out basically for those supplemental events, but then they're staying around for the racing and, you know, betting a few dollars here and there. And so then again, catering to our VIPs, we try to have VIP nights where we bring out di- you know, dinner for them with a guest. And we try to encourage them with some other different types of wagers or offers throughout the, the summer, um, especially in June when some of the, there's other major stakes races around the country and not necessarily our place. So we're giving them different offers to make their money stay on our property. Boy, you are a really good marketing manager, <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> All right, let's talk a little bit about yourself, Rachel. Uh, how did you get involved in, in horse racing and uh, how did you end up at the Meadowlands? Sure. So uh, when I was younger, I think when every little girl does, they fall in love with horses. So I um, horseback rode for a number of years. I was in show jumping. And then um, 
around the time where it comes to make a decision, what do you want to do and where do you want to have your parents spend their money on you? <laughs> I had a, unfortunately gave up uh, the riding aspect. It just became too expensive. And um, so then I went to college and then my senior year in college, I ended up getting a job at the Meadowlands, which was at the time owned by the state, the New Jersey Sport and Exposition Authority. That was my senior year, and then I wrote my uh, final paper on actually marketing um, racing to a younger generation, and then I just stayed on at the Meadowlands. So um, I've been here now for a total of 19 years. Jeff Garral took over in officially 2011, um, and he kept me on, and then uh, Jason was brought aboard about a year, year and a half later, and they... Uh, they kept me around and uh, they keep me very busy and, you know, it's fun working with them. They have a, a lot of opinions and, you know, one of our strong opinions on how they want things done, but they're also very open to um, listening to other opinions and are open to, you know, bringing in different types of events and different types of activities to try to, you know, grow the sport and make the Meadowlands the number one place to be. I'm curious to know what you've learned from the very first job that you got at Meadowlands, and I'm not sure what that was, to now being marketing manager. Mm -hmm. What have you learned through your experience at Meadowlands? Sure. When I first started, it was uh, it was still in marketing in the media department, so I was working a lot with, at that time, there still were a lot of news outlets and uh, radio TV stations um, that needed info that we were providing. So I worked mostly on the media side, um, and that was sending out results and sending out videotape as needed. And then just as, um, you know, with some attrition that people were leaving, going to other places or to OTWs, um, I also then became part of the marketing side and, you know, just started doing events and handicapping contests. Um, and so, you know, I kind of learned basically everything around the business. You had to have knowledge of what went on in the race office, what went on in the driver's room, what went on, you know, with operations wise. And so, you know, just being involved with everything initially has helped me a great deal because now, you know, it's not only marketing I'm dealing with, but also I help with op the operational side. And um, I work under our uh, assistant GM, Marianne Rotella, uh, to work on emissions and programs and all that kind of stuff. So Basically, to work at the Meadowlands, you just have to have a lot of hats and be able to help in wherever you can. And in your quieter moments, are you able to get back on a horse and just ride? Not as much as I'd like to. <laughs> I do have a few friends to do it horses, so we'll occasionally go out and uh, ride and do some trail rides. Um, but that's certainly something uh, that I would like to do more and plan to do more in the in the future. Yeah. I'd like to uh, talk to you, uh, Rachel, about sports betting. And uh, obviously it plays a big role in, in the state of New Jersey and at the Meadowlands. You've got your own sports betting parlor there. Have you noticed a lot of sports bettors becoming horse racing bettors now? I'd like to say yes, hmm. but unfortunately no. Um, you do see, uh, we do see a lot of our um, players go over onto the sports betting side. So some of their money is being divided to both places. Now you'll see an occasional sports better come over to the racing side. And we've tried a few things by offering them um, betting vouchers or mystery vouchers that, you know, once they come out of the sports book here, come on over to the racetrack side. So, you know, we're, we're trying different things and trying to see a crossover, but unfortunately at this time, there's not a huge crossover seeing somebody who comes in just solely to sports bet. We don't see them coming over to the racing side. Let's talk very quickly again about the future, the next few months. And I think you mentioned the Cutlers first and then the Meadowlands Pace and the Hamiltonian. How do you market those races or are they almost self-marketing? The Cutler for one is, 
we don't put as much um, actual dollars in advertising that. We just focus basically on the uh, industry publications and uh, with social media and um, getting the word out that wise. So the Pace and Hamiltonian, they're our two signature events, I and mean, the Pace is ours, the Hamiltonian, of course, we work with the Hamiltonian Society. But with those, we do put um, more marketing dollars behind them. Uh, just because they are, we want to make them bigger events. Not only are they big racing events, but we have so many things going on the track that day. We want people to come out for them. So there is a balance. You know, you just got to see. So the Cutler is social media and working with industry publications. You know, the other two major events, you do more outside advertising or trying to get the the non-racing fan in addition to the the racing fan who basically knows, you know, what a strong uh, stakes program is. Well, finally, uh, Rachel, I'd like to ask you a question about, you mentioned earlier you grew up around horses and you, you rode horses and that, but what was it about harness racing that made you want to be part of this industry for so long now? To be honest, we used to go to Monmouth Park in the thoroughbred, so I was um, knowledgeable about the thoroughbred side, mm-hmm. and then uh, only occasionally would we go for standard breads. Um, but then just, you know, being it's being around the people. I remember John Campbell every Saturday morning when I was in the office would walk through after qualifiers and he'd be so friendly and, um, you know, he, you can ask him anything. He'd talk to you about anything. And then, uh, you know, meeting the trainers and being more involved with the, the media and helping them connect with, you know, the people within the industry, trainers, owners, drivers. Um, it's just hard not to like it. Uh, people are friendly. They're willing to help out with anything. Um, and it's exciting. You know, once you get in, involved with it and it's not only seeing the horses but coming to understand you know what to look for on the racetrack or you know what goes into making these horses be able to race week after week um it's exciting Hmm. and you know it requires you to use your mind and be able to you know focus on things to be able to understand the game and so it's just it's exciting and it's a worthwhile sport before we let you go what's the greatest horse that you've ever watched race Oh boy. <laughs> uh this might <my, laughs> uh I remember watching Snow White um when she was campaigning as a uh, two and three year old and I don't know why she just captivated me right away. She's not the greatest horse I've ever seen, but um she is certainly one of my favorites. And then recently I really liked Manchego. Um she was a battler, she was a, a big girl there at the end and she always gave her best against the uh the males and she took them on a number of times and won and she was just a ter- terrific competitor so snow white just as an oddball out there and definitely manchego and meant with the greatest respect sounds like you <laughs> <laughs> definitely but, but but there was no seven dwarfs right it was just snow white <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> unfortunately not. <laughs> okay, Rachel, thanks. Rachel, thanks for doing this, and uh, good luck uh, for the rest of the meet. And uh, here's to a good uh, Meadowlands pace and Hamiltonian. Thank you very much. When we come back, Woodbine's Tim Lawson. That's Tim with a T. He joins us today on Ponies Twenty Four Seven, the Radio Magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059 The Region. We'll be right back. 
Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. Pineview Hyundai, the smart choice of automobile dealerships combining horses and horsepower. For over 35 years, the Romeo family has been part of the Ontario thoroughbred racing industry, and they want to invite you to visit their Pineview dealership and view the award-winning Hyundai lineup today as the I Love Winter event is on now. Come see us at 3790 Highway 7 in Vaughan. Call us at 905-851-2851 or visit our website, pineviewauto.com and see why Pineview Hyundai remains the smart choice. Ontario Racing, the excitement of thoroughbred, standardbred, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds. One vision. This is 1059 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Mark it on your calendars. April 22nd is when the Woodbine Thoroughbred Meet will open for the 2023 season. Our next guest, friend of the show, Tim Lawson, Woodbine's director of Thoroughbred Racing, joins us to talk about everything that we look forward to as racing fans. Welcome to Ponies 24-7, Tim. Hi, thanks for having me on, guys. Well, let's uh, get right into uh, lead-up of uh, April 22nd, Tim. Talk about the, the thoroughbred season that's upcoming, in particular the Woodbine backstretch. Where are you now with horses stabled there? It's been a bit of a, a slow but but fluid uh, entrance of horses in, into the Woodbine backstretch for, for no reason other than the fact that, as I think we can all appreciate uh, around the Toronto area, that the weather hasn't been overly cooperative. Uh, we've seen some fluctuations in temperature and, and obviously some some severe weather conditions and naturally it's it's affected some uh, some shipping logistics for our horses coming in but the last few weeks you know with with some more cooperative weather we've we found ourselves in a bit of a better place and it's exciting to see those horses out training in the morning you know starting to get fit for the season ahead and uh, we're we, all things are looking up now knock on wood uh, mm-hmm. it, it was a uh, a bit of a rainy day yesterday in Toronto, which was, was actually favorable for our track and thawing everything out and, and getting our main track ready to prep. So uh, we're seeing more and more come in every day, and, and it's uh, it's certainly exciting for us. And what kinds of preparations take place between now and April 22nd? And I'm talking about horses, I'm talking about trainers, jockeys, the tracks. Tell me about all the prep that goes into a big opening. You know, we have to deal with the elements, and when we're prepping everything, as I said, in, in, in the Great White North here, we've got a great amount of snow to deal with usually. And and uh, I was just talking to my track super the other day, my uh, my director of racing surfaces, and it for us it's quite simple as trying to 
to get that foot of snow off our tapita track and ensuring that uh, it's it's cultivated properly and it's a safe training surface uh, for the horses as they start getting fit for the for the meets and and that's that's what's going to speed up the process and ensuring that we have a uh, a a successful opening day is getting these horses out there and ensuring that our training surfaces all of them in fact are in good shape and and, and giving these horses a good amount of time and, and and maximizing their opportunities to get fit and then to get ready for for april 22nd but, but the horses are athletes you know they're, they're 1200 pound athletes no different than uh, any professional athletes uh getting ready for the season you know they're some of them are coming off a bit of a uh, a, a winter layoff, uh, a life of liege out in the out in the field grazing and, and enjoying being horses for you know for a few months. But uh, now it's game time, so they're you know they're out there, they're exercising, they're training. Um, you know things get a little more intense as, as the season approaches, and you know we're just hoping that, uh, of course, with the weather, that uh, they're given that that ample opportunity uh, to to get there. So it's all a process, and and it takes. Uh, more than just one party, it's uh, it's it's a collaborative uh, uh, effort, and and uh, you know what? Over the years, we've done a great job at uh, working with our horse people to get these uh, to get these equine athletes prepped. And and you put that so beautifully, the equine athletes. It's it's almost like walking a mile in their horseshoes, listening to you. <laughs> we owe them everything, and and walking a mile in their shoes would do this industry a lot of good because. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all in this game because we love we love the horses themselves and and we appreciate all that they give us from the excitement to you know those who work directly with them you know to the to the living the, that uh, that they provide them and this is that's what it's all about at Woodbine you know when it comes down to it it's about the horses talk about the uh, upcoming racing season at Woodbine uh, Tim and some of the so-called racing highlights I know you've got a big stake schedule uh, you know we've we've talked about that on the show prior. Uh, yeah, talk about maybe the Coles Notes version for our listeners of uh, what they can look forward to this year. Well, obviously, we kick things off uh, with opening day. Um, that's always something that everybody in, in the horse racing world uh, looks forward to. I'm, I'm also a big baseball fan, and you know, for all of those listening, it's uh, there's there's no better feeling when it's springtime and, and opening days upon us in Major League Baseball and. Horse racing is no different. That's just a sign that the warm weather's coming, and and uh, we're we're getting right down into action and looking forward to uh, you know the peak of our season, which is of course summer racing and the good weather and and just enjoying time outside and, and watching these horses run. So things will start off with a bang, of course. You know, we we also when we made our stake schedule this year, we wanted to ensure that there was something for our fans to get excited about throughout the entire calendar. And uh, our first big big day to take note of in the calendar is, is the July 1st weekend. And the July 1st itself, uh, we have five graded stakes, uh, which include uh, the, uh, the the Dominion Day, um, the the Nassau stakes, as well uh, as the Highlander stakes, which are both grade twos. And uh, we also have key prep races for the uh, for the King's Plate. I, uh, <laughs> mind you, we all have to say King's Plate now. It, it's a bit of a transition after yes. 70 plus years, but that's uh, <laughs> that's something that I'll get into now. That the King's Plate, obviously being in in uh, in August, uh, where it was last year, I, you know that goes without saying. There's there's not much more that needs to be said about the King's Plate. It's uh, it's our premier day. It's it's a chance for all of us to celebrate Canadian horse racing and. I would say a, a marquee Canadian sporting event. So um, that's 
you know, that's really what our season revolves around. It's after all of these years, it's what uh, our horse people and, and our fans get excited about. And that will be August 20th. We have the, uh, the Breeders' Cup winning your in series. Uh, being the uh, Woodbine Mile, the Natalma, and the Summer Stakes, uh, all grade ones, all winning your end races. Um, that's personally my favorite weekend. We see so many world-class horses come in, uh, and you know, most notably Modern Games last year, who, who won the Woodbine Mile and uh, went on to win uh, the Breeders' Cup Mile. And these horses really, uh, you know, put Woodbine on on the on the world map as such a renowned organization and such a renowned uh, racing operation and we welcome them every year. So that's going to be, that's going to be yet again, just another great weekend. And uh, to, to round things off with our stake schedule, we've got uh, the return of the Canadian international this year, which we've put on hold for a year, just, you know, due to, uh, you know, travel logistics with our international horses. Of course it is an international event and, and our goal is to, you know, bring the best horses from around the world. We've changed the distance this year to a mile and a quarter, but um, other than that, it's it's still the the same great tradition of uh, inviting stars from you know Canada, the United States, and of course overseas. So um, that's something that so uh, we're really embracing this year and and, uh, and and excited to bring back. And of course, on the same day, uh, we will be running its counterparts. We really brainstormed and putting together the stake schedule, uh, you know, to to give people a reason to, to look at the Woodbine product over the months and uh, and, and to get excited for it and, and give them a reason to keep tuning in. So it's going to be a great year. And Tim Lawson, as Woodbine's director of Thoroughbred Racing, when do you start assembling your stakes races? When when do you go into the war room and put all of this together, that which you have just told us? It's an ongoing thing, to be honest with you. We, we like to take a look at how our stakes are doing throughout the years as even we start planning for uh, for the year ahead, uh, for the next season, we we look at the placement of our stakes and and see how they're performing, see if they're in the right spot. I think one thing we can all appreciate is is that there is a, in in a sense a bit of a horse shortage throughout North America right now. So not all tracks have the capability of running similar races or the same races at the same time and getting a share of of, of the pool of talented horses that that can meet the criteria of, of, of running those stakes. So it's an ongoing thing. But when we, when we really put, we really push our stake schedule in the early, in the early to uh, mid winter, uh, we coordinate with other racetracks throughout North America. We give the courtesy uh, of letting each other know when we're running certain major events, especially, and making sure that our races are properly placed so we can maximize the, the caliber of horses that are coming and of course the number of wagering interests. It's an ongoing thing, but you know, this year we, we released it's about in, in early March to give people enough time, their our owners enough time to plan ahead and, and, and get their horses up to Woodbine or or at least mark it on their calendars. Okay, let's talk a little bit about yourself now, Tim. Uh, what were the steps as far as you were concerned, getting you involved into the industry and working in the industry and now ending up at Woodbine? What were those steps? been an interesting journey for me I, I always had a huge passion for for horse racing i grew up around it i grew up going to the track at uh, at a very young age it started with my with my grandfather who owned horses for you know over 50 years and and that's where the passion grew and and uh, i always just took a, a great interest in it as a as a fan especially and i was working at woodbine in the in the summer actually just as a lawn maintenance guy i was working on the grounds crew and and 
uh, these were this was in university uh, during the summer months and you kind of reach a crossroads uh, you know when you're in university thinking you know what what on earth am I going to end up doing with my life and I had really a good sense of the industry and and, and a real passion for it I, I was a college baseball player so mm-hmm. as much as academics were on the forefront I you know I was much more focused on on uh, on the Brock Badgers baseball team so um <laughs> I didn't really have a vision on, on what I wanted to do I think you know I, my looking forward it was you know the next game or the next season and then you realize that's not going to last forever and you got to come up with a game plan so it's just something that I decided I really wanted to pursue so I was lucky enough to to take an internship at at Keeneland down in Kentucky and I got some great experience there, and and I was I was uh, thereafter fortunate enough to, uh, to to take a job in Alberta, actually starting off as as an assistant racing secretary for Standard Bread Racing, and I kind of worked my way up from there. When Thoroughbred Racing made its return, um, you know, with to to Calgary, I I then took over as the Thoroughbred Racing Secretary uh, for for Century. And uh, that's how it kind of uh, built itself. I made some great relationships out there, but I mean, it, it was it was a bit of a process. And and I I uh, I really value the opportunity that you know those uh, those people gave me out there at such a young age and entrusted me with building a a, a thoroughbred program really from the ground up organically. I also was lucky enough to be one of the project managers for the newly built Century Mile up in Edmonton. And uh, was more or less consulting with uh, the contractors and the engineers to let them know exactly what needed to go into a racetrack operation. So to have you know my footprint in that and and, and looking at how the Alberta racing scene has grown over the years, I'm you know I'm, I'm tremendously proud of that. So um, it, it's been a journey. It, it's taken me you know it's taken me out west, and I, I love living there. I love you know getting to know the horse people and. In Alberta, and you know, when when a, when an opportunity opened up at Woodbine, I, uh, I I took it and I came back, and I guess the rest is history. And you've worked really hard, and that footprint of yours is a very singular footprint. Your father, Jim Lawson, is the CEO of Woodbine Entertainment. What's it like to be kind of working in the same industry in the same spot? Do you have conferences, or do you just sort of pass each other and say, "Hey, Dad. Hey, Tim." <laughs> uh, I don't get that question too much. I, I think. Maybe there's some assumptions on what the relationship is like, but we obviously have a very good relationship, and you know, I've always seen seen Jim, my dad, as, as a mentor. But that does not uh, go to say that uh, we we have a difference of opinion, and, and we work <laughs> together on on so many things. Sometimes you've just got to separate your your home life and your and your personal relationships from from your professional opinion and that. But like everyone at, at Woodbine, we we work really well together. Um, I'm not going to say that we don't butt heads sometimes because again everybody has their own opinion and their own and their own vision but at the end of the day we're all trying to to reach a common goal and that's what's best for racing and I and I think that we we both have a very similar vision and and that's what makes it such an easy relationship that to work with them and of course he's you know he's always been a, a huge role model and, and a mentor for me so uh, that's that's what makes it uh, a heck of a lot easier. And uh, when all is said and done, and, and I can look back on life, I'll be tremendously proud that I worked with my father. So, um, you know, I, I I really thank him for for all that he's done and and uh, everything that uh, he's guided me with in life. And um, you know, it's it's never it's never easy working with a family member, and, and it always comes with uh, 
instead of adversities. But uh, luckily for us, we have a very, very strong bond and a great relationship. We're going to make sure he hears this interview, by the way. <laughs> Please do. Yes, <laughs> I promise. Yeah, yeah. Tim, uh, well said, and, and uh, thanks for doing this, and uh, we'll see you at the track. Great. Thanks, guys. After the break, when we come back, Truro Raceway's new general manager, Steve Fitzsimmons, joins us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Live in Ontario? Ever dreamt about owning a racehorse? You need to take Ontario Racing's Horse Ownership 101 Virtual Seminars. Join horse racing expert Elisa Blow and learn about standard bred and thoroughbred ownership opportunities in Ontario with options for every price point. These free sessions are available in a one-on-one setting or as a group. For a list of seminar dates and to book your ownership seminar, go to ontarioracing.com horse ownership today. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. Join us on April 1st when Gulfstream Park hosts the $1 million Curlin Florida Derby, a highlight of the Gulfstream Championship racing season and considered by many to be one of the most important preps for the famed Kentucky Derby on the first Saturday in May. The Curlin Florida Derby has a tremendous stakes-filled day of racing with a total of 10 stakes races scheduled and you can watch and wager on all Gulfstream Park race days, including Florida Derby Day on April 1st with your HPI bet account or Dark Horse app. It's the next best thing to being at the track. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Last time, friend of the show, Steve Fitzsimmons, was a guest on our show. He was working as general manager at Hanover Raceway. So earlier this month, Steve accepted the same role, but at Truro Raceway, a half-mile harness track in Nova Scotia. Steve joins us now to talk about all things Truro, a look back at Hanover and the future of the track that he's now general manager of, which opens on May the 7th. Welcome to the show, Steve. Thank you very much. It's uh, certainly uh, moving halfway across the country, but a, a lovely uh, locale here in lovely Truro, Ontario. Uh, Ontario. See, I'm <laughs> conditioned with Ontario. Truro, Nova Scotia. It's a great place. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Was it a difficult decision for you, Steve, to leave Hanover? Because you'd been there a few years, right? You know what? It was a difficult decision to change my life in a significant way. So, um, you know, I've, I've lived in Ontario my whole life. and uh, But this was such a, an interesting opportunity a track that hadn't been succeeding for a long time uh, for a variety of reasons, one of which recently is that they have had their grandstand under renovation for about three years, um, a significant renovation, but it's really just pounded their business into the ground with no real live fans on site, and uh, their wagering menu not competitive, and, and just some things. The product itself actually is really good. You know, it's very comparable to the the level of horse racing that, that Hanover had that we were able to showcase quite successfully, so... Um, I saw a lot of synergies between 
some of the things that were wrong at Hanover when I started there and uh, the situation here at Truro. Fix it, Steve, is what we're going to name you from now on. So <laughs> so the, tra- the track opens on May the 7th. What will you be doing between now and then to bring it up to speed, to bring it up to the level that you'd like to see for the opening day? Well, I think a couple of things that we're really working on are, are getting the attention of bettors across the country. And we announced uh, last week that we are going to have the lowest pick five takeout in the country of 12%. Um, that's 3% lower than anyone else with a 20 cent minimum. And we hope that'll bring people to look at the product that have never, ever seen it before and give it an opportunity. And, you know, you hear online, certainly people saying, how is a 15% low take of the lowest pool in the country? Why is there nothing lower? So I've listened to those people <laughs> and I've decided to do something about that. And I, I hope they'll come and support it. So that's one of the initiatives just to get uh, some more people looking at our product. And we're obviously going to have uh, a similar broadcast to Hanover with commentators and, and, and handicappers between races, uh, analyzing the action, making it more like a three-hour TV show that you can bet on. Okay. How many days are you going to be racing, Steve? So we have 26 race dates starting on May the 7th and going through till the end of October. Tell me what you, and I want to go back in time a little bit, as we do from, from time to time. So Hanover, you said that when you first started at Hanover, there were some big challenges. So what were the challenges there? How did you fix them? And what do you bring to your new job that you learned in Hanover? Well, I mean, obviously it was in the middle of a pandemic and um, the the track was the lowest wagering track in the province at the time out of 12. It was number 12. So we didn't have enough people betting on us, and we really didn't have enough people watching us. So we built a TV studio, and um, again, you know, I hired commentators, and I did some of it myself in between races, and um, again, uh, made the wagering menu a little more competitive. We we introduced a pick five that was very competitive that did well for the track, and and uh, we just got more people watching. Uh, I think you know we we push, put a real marketing push on for you know, just social media, building that uh, platform significantly and just um, promoting the track a little more, uh, in a more, a little more polished way. And I see similar things here that, uh, you know, it just needs more promotion. Uh, they, they weren't terribly active on their social media, even though the, the actual numbers of people that follow and, and like their page um, on Facebook and on Twitter are actually decent. They just weren't utilized maybe enough, I think. And so uh, we'll definitely put a focus on that. And, you know, just really engaging with customers, uh, being a top of mind for people uh, on what we do and, and when we do it. And how do you do that leading up to May 7th? You know, you, you want to reach out to people. You can do that through social media. But face-to-face, I've learned, in particularly in small places like Hanover, but in Truro as well, face-to-face seems to be the better way. Well, I don't think there's any question of that. And I'm going to try to get in front of um, as many service groups and organizations and things like that that I can to to have a conversation with them and uh, and definitely look at partnering with them on some initiatives, especially uh, charity-related initiatives. We did that extremely well at Hanover. Um, in our 15 race dates last year, we raised just under $50,000 for charity. So with 26 race dates, I'm hoping that we'll have a significant number. And that gives an opportunity to partner with somebody every week or two, uh, essentially, to do something uh, great for the community. And and I find, uh, you know, that brings more people to the track and uh, gets exposed to your product and you end up creating some new customers and doing some good work in your community too. So it's kind of a win-win. And you're building a new grandstand, I understand, right? What's the status of that? They have three phases to it. It's about to complete phase two. So essentially uh, the bottom area of the grandstand 
with all the bedding windows in the offices will be complete. So some of the uh, the upper level seating and stuff will still be under renovation for a bit longer. But we're hoping to have that for opening day on May 7th if we're lucky. But I don't think even if it isn't on May 7th, it'll be really not far behind that. You know, every raceway across this nation, and particularly in smaller towns, it has an essence about it. What is Truro's essence at this point, do you think? It really has a, a lot of character. It, it's the oldest half-mile racetrack in Canada, you know, going back to the uh, late 1800s. And the place just exudes um, history and and ceremony. And, and it's just the neatest place. Uh, you know, I, I can't ex- put it into uh, the right words maybe, but it is, it just, it's a neat place. You have to come and see it. And, um, you know, I mean, there's, there's just so many characters around the grounds that have stories from, you know, many, many years ago. And um, there's, a, there's a great history to the racetrack. And, and uh, actually, I mean, the racing here is extremely good. We had a horse go over this track in 150 and four last year, a mm. new track record. And um, to be fair, I think it doesn't have the caliber of horses that maybe um, at the top end, you know, some of the, the top races at half milers in Ontario would have like the Camelot Classic, that kind of thing. So, you know, I think if you had, you know, just to throw a name out there, Beach Glass, who happens to be, you know, owned by a guy from Truro, um, yeah. race over this track. You know, I'm just throwing that out there. If he happened to race here, you know, I think he could, you know, probably beat the track record and maybe do something in the 149 range. I wouldn't be surprised. Cool. Yeah, well, hopefully he's listening to the show. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and he know. got he got your reach out there. But uh, let's talk about you, Steve. Uh, you know, how did you get involved in, in, in uh, harness racing and why did you become so interested in it? And at what age? Well, my dad bought a 75-acre farm when I was 10 and uh, was was interested in getting into the business. He had no uh, background to it, um, but he was very interested, got into it for, through a friend of his, and uh, so bought, the, bought this property and put a half-mile track on it, uh, bought a, a horse at a, an auction that uh, had raced but, you know, hadn't been that successful for a, for a fairly large stable. And I think that horse taught my dad as much about harness racing as he taught it. But, you know, that was how his introduction to it kind of thing. And, uh, you know, I can tell you, like, we, we were in Arthur, um, just outside of Arthur, Ontario, which, of course, is the home of Trevor Henry and the Henry family. And the Henry family was great to my dad. Uh, he was very good friends with Trevor's brother, George, who was a longtime driver and trainer, who was super to my dad. Trevor drove our horses quite often uh, for the most part. And, um, you know, they would offer you know, advice and assistance. And it was, they were just two and a half miles down the road. So uh, my dad was down there a fair bit at first. And, and actually, even in later years, you know, they became close friends. So, um, so you know, it's, it's kind of neat to watch that. So, and uh, so I ended up going to the tracks with my dad. And we raced at basically three Hanover, Orangeville, and Elmira at that time, which is now Grand River Raceway. And uh, so, you know, I, I grew up on the B-track circuit. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just ironically, I happened to get an opportunity to be the GM of, of Hanover Raceway. And, uh, um, you know, having been a groom when I was 12 years old there, it was quite an interesting um, turn of events to, to, for a track that I cared so much about. Uh, to, to be able to contribute in the way I did there, you know, it meant a lot to me. And um, I left that place in a lot better place than when I, when I took it over. So I'm really happy about that. And, and I'm hoping to do something very similar here with Truro. They've struggled for a long time 
certainly the grandstands and part of that, but I think, you know, just uh, showcasing their product in the right way for a long time. They just haven't been able to be successful doing that. And um, some of my skill sets uh, fit perfectly, I think, with where they need to go here. And from groom to general manager, as you have said, what were those skill sets that you learned along the way? And were there other jobs between groom and general manager? Well, quite a few jobs. I was in the, uh, the the newspaper business, and I was in the automotive business, and uh, you know, obviously, I was a counselor for the town of Hanover for the last oh. eight years as well. And um, and the broadcasting background that I have, I you know, I was the play by play voice of the Guelph Storm for the last twenty one years on their TV coverage, and have a broadcasting degree as well. So I've done a lot of broadcasting for the last thirty five plus years, I guess now. And so uh, you know those. Those skill sets all kind of combined together. I've always been a great writer as well, which has always come in extremely handy to doing things. Um, so, you know, those things really can help you in a, in a position like that where you kind of have to do a lot of different things and wear a lot of different hats. Interesting uh, that you talk about all the things that you've done and that you've accomplished, but I know that the support of your father, for instance, but also the support of your wife, and she's not with you right now. She's uh, keeping the home fires burning in Ontario. Uh, So what does that mean to you to be starting this new job without your family with you, but they will be with you soon? Yes, my wife Dawn is back in Ontario uh, trying to uh, get our house sold and and get uh, moved out here. And, you know, that's obviously a process. But, uh, I mean, without her support, I wouldn't have done any of this stuff. She's the the heart and the backbone of our family. And, uh, you know, she, you know, I miss her a great deal. And um, I'm just pouring myself into work, which is good for (laughs) Truro Raceway. (laughs) And I'm, you know, spending pretty much every waking minute here uh, working, which you know, until she gets here, and then we'll maybe do some, some other things uh, on in, with spare time that I'll, I'll refer back to a little bit. But um, so, yeah, that's been tough. Uh, we just miss each other. And, um, you know, we've been together for a long time and we haven't really been apart for a great deal of time in that span. So it's, uh, it's been a little tough. She's coming for a visit in a couple or three weeks here and uh, I can't wait to, to see her and, um, yeah, hopefully she'll be with me sooner than later. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, yeah. Well, you mentioned about your family ties, and that's how you kind of got interested in in the business and that. But obviously, you were you were involved in the business from a from a work perspective, but you're also a fan. Um, you know, tell me, was there a a horse or a, a driver or that that you you kind of followed, and they said, "God, you know, I I, I want to be part of this industry." <laughs> that's that's an interesting question and uh, you know i go back to you know the the literally the people that we were exposed to you know i've i uh, you know i've i've known trevor henry for 35 plus years and um you know he's driven horses for us uh, he's uh, been a friend and um somebody that that i admire and look up to and i was so pleased to see um you know how well he's done on the biggest circuit in canada and, and, you know, he dominated the B circuit and for whatever reason made the choice to, to stay there for a long time. But then um, I think uh, decided to try his uh, his hand at, at the biggest circuit and he's done fantastic. And so, uh, you know, I admire Trevor Henry for sure. And, um, you know, he's he's a great person. And it, w- it was nice to be able to partner with him last year on, on Trevor Henry Day at, at uh, Hanover Raceway. He was, of course, the 10-time Hanover driving champion. And, of course, we had Desperate Man there as well, the North America Cup champ that he drove 
And uh, we had a lot of fun and we raised a lot of money for charity. So it was kind of, uh, you know, nice to combine all those things together and uh, make some money for charity. I'm going to put you on the spot before we let you go, Steve Fitzsimmons. Uh, the sure. Truro track opens on May the 7th as you wear many hats, as we've just discussed, as Larry noticed. As a broadcaster, as a play-by-play person, can you give us your best pitch when it comes to the opening day, May the 7th at Truro Racetrack? (laughs) Here we go. Three, two, one. No. Okay, I'm counting you down. Three, two, one. Great live harness racing right here at Truro Raceway. Come down and see all the action, family-friendly entertainment. Visit our website at truroraceway.ca. You had me at hello. (laughs) (laughs) Steve Fitzsimmons, thank you so much. What a pleasure. All the very best at Truro Raceway and May the 7th and all the time in between. And here's to a lot of winners, right? So, You got it. I love love chatting with you guys. And you too. You're a pleasure. Thank you so Mm -hmm. much, Steve. Thanks, Steve. After the break, Larry Simpson looks at some racing action today around North America, including Woodbine Mohawk Park and, of course, some racing at several other North American tracks. So please make sure your HPI accounts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime today. Stay with us for Larry's Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to OntarioRacing.com. New to betting? Check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI Bet Wagering Platform and the Dark Horse app. The best and safest online betting options. Get your horsepower at OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing. Three breeds, one vision. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Pineview Hyundai, the smart choice of automobile dealerships combining horses and horsepower. For over 35 years, the Romeo family has been part of the Ontario thoroughbred racing industry, and they want to invite you to visit their Pineview dealership and view the award-winning Hyundai lineup today as the I Love Winter event is on now. Come see us at 3790 Highway 7 in Vaughan. Call us at 905-851-2851 or visit our website, pineviewauto.com, and see why Pineview Hyundai remains the smart choice. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Before we wrap up our show, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be without a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential betting gems as Larry gives us his Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing? Larry, will the luck of the Irish flow into this weekend's racing? 
Well, I've got my horseshoes, but hopefully I don't trip all over the place with them. So. <laughs> You're funny. You're funny. Our friends at Aqueduct have a 10 raise card today. A maiden special rate uh, for New York breads is uh, the race 10. Three-year-olds, and there's been 10 of them entered, with many of them having tried their luck in maiden claiming events and some having several tries in the maiden classes as well. I'm leaning to a horse making his second lifetime start. Number five, Mudville. Nine. Mudville 9 debuted at Aqueduct on February 24th in what be con- could be considered a semi-decent debut where he finished third, although he was beaten 10 and a quarter lengths. But as mentioned, that was only his first lifetime start. He'd worked well leading up to that February 24th start, and he's worked nicely leading up to today's race. Uh, Mudville 9 is a son of hard spun and should like the seven furlong distance today. And the combination of trainer Michael Trombetta and jockey Trevor McCarthy are a combined 22% wins in 2022-23 at Aqueduct. So Aqueduct Race 10, number 5, Mudville 9. Santa Anita has a 11 race card today, and Race 11 is an allowance event, six and a half furlongs on the downhill turf course, purse of $72,000. There's 12 horses entered, including number 11, Atomic Drop, who was in terrific shape in November and December and then didn't reappear until February 10th when he was entered at a mile on the turf and was bet down to favoritism and finished third, beaten ahead. The cutback to six and a half furlongs should really help this guy. He shows two back-to-back five furlong works in a minute flat since that last race. And trainer Phil D'Amato is 20% with horses that are making their second start off a layoff of 45 to 180 days, which is what we have here. Atomic Drop has been... Uh, well fancied in all of his starts on the betting board, and the outside starting post should really help this guy today. So Santa Anita, race 11, number 11, atomic drop. Woodbine Mohawk Park has a 12 race card tonight, and race 9 is a one-mile pace, a purse of $16,000. This is my long shot play of the night. It's number 5, Sawyer's Desire, who missed a week when he uh, debuted at Woodbine Mohawk Park after racing at Northfield, the Meadows, and Batavia Downs in New York. Last week, Sawyer Desire was in a class higher, had the nine hole, and basically trailed the field, although he did pace his last quarter in 26 flat. Uh, It's uh, two starts back that I think I give this guy a credible chance tonight, though. It was a race at Northfield Park, which is a half-mile track, where he was a winner in 52 and 3. Now, I always allowed two seconds when a horse moves from a half mile to a bigger track like Woodbine Mohawk Park. Sawyer's desire could pace him 52 and 3 himself, which would give him a shot at, in today's race. The class relief should also help. Being on a regular rotation is good, and also the, the post position switch is good. So Sawyer's desire is no stranger to winning. He's won 5 of 32 last year with earnings of close to 79000 He's a long shot to consider tonight at Woodbine Mohawk Park. Race 9, number 5, Sawyer's Desire. A sleeper play, you could say. (laughs) I'm awake. (laughs) Now, finally, let's go to the Meadowlands. They have a 14 race card tonight, and race 12 is a one-mile pace for a purse of $12,500. Number 3, Highballer, you may recall, was my selection last week and actually seemed to be everyone's favorite, being bet down to real heavy favorite. We mentioned last week how Highballer had been a victim of bad posts, yet he continued to race well. So why the bad performance last week? Well, simply put, it was bad racing luck, as Highballer was wiped out by a horse that broke stride as he was making a, was in the midst of uh, launching a late move. 
For some reason, there is no indication of interference in tonight's racing program for Highballers Chartered Line, which may work to our advantage. As anyone that didn't see the trouble last week uh, may just dismiss him on the fact that he looked like he was racing bad last week on the charts. I'm not dismissing him, though. I'm giving him another chance, providing the price makes him playable. So the Meadowlands, race 12, number three, Highballer. Excellent, Larry. Thank you so much. My Irish eyes are smiling. And before we go, I want to give a big shout out to Mark at Fans of Horse Racing. Hello, Mark. (laughs) And thank you all for joining us for this edition of Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Just a little reminder, if you would like to receive a free digital copy of the current issue of Ponies 24-7 magazine, and a new one will be released very shortly, please email Larry Simpson at theponies247experience at gmail.com. And please don't forget about the Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada campaign, Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma. For more info on this, go to the landing page, lymphoma.ca slash ponies, and donate to this worthy cause. Stay with 105.9 The Region all weekend long, and thank you so much for listening. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Ann Romer and Larry Simpson, has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 for more from the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.